Cougar fans, it is time. Touchdown! What a grab! It's time to raise your colors, raise your voice, and join in on the raucous roundtable about your favorite team, the BYU Cougars. 20-15-10-5, It's time to tailgate. Cougar Tailgate, where BYU sports fandom lives. And here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, Cougar Nation? I'm Lauren McLean, and we're here to tailgate with you doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. For this week's roundtable discussion, we have BYU sports producers Ben Bagley. What's up, Ben? Hi, Lauren. Hi, and Brandon Hi, Cougar Crow. Nation. What's up? Thank you so much for being here, my friends. Tuesday night was a night to remember for BYU fans. The guys marched into the historic Fog Allen Fieldhouse, arguably the toughest place to play in the country, handed number 7 Kansas's first home loss of the season and first loss to an unranked quote-unquote opponent since 2018. Guys, what was your reaction when you saw that BYU was actually going to pull off the win against Kansas, Ben? Uh, I think it was just awesome. Like, yeah. Seriously, I, I, like, I, I, full disclosure, I was serving my church calling as the young men and uh, doing a, a young men's activity, and I'm watching the scoreboard, and I did the count. I'm like, okay, this many young men, this many leaders. I got to go. I had belled early and went home and finished the second half at home and nice. watched it. And it was it was uplifting and it was beautiful. It, it was, was uplifting. It, it was fun to watch this team who, as recently as Saturday, really struggled to get anything right. To put it all together and play a complete game in a very hostile environment. And, and it, we want to be shocked. But that's what we've seen from this team throughout mm-hmm. the season where they, they've they either got it going, and when they've got it going, they got it going good, or there's nights where they're not hitting the three-point shot, the defense doesn't look good, da-da-da-da-da, and it just doesn't look good. Gratefully for BYU fans, they've had more good nights than bad nights, and last night was a great night. Oh, yeah. BYU is 4-0 when coming off losses. I guess the last four losses they've they've won the game right after it's been incredible what was your reaction brandon uh if we're if we are going to be full disclosure uh i was <laughs> i was are. i was up at the huntsman center and uh mm. supporting a kid from our our congregation uh dean rookert <laughs> so that's a name to be looking out for okay uh, but he plays for tim few and they lost to alta and my wife and i were checking the score and uh we couldn't go anywhere but we had people we actually had ryan smith two rows in front of us who was switching between the byu game and the uc uh not ucla uh the jazz game the utah yeah. jazz game and uh, i don't know the the thing that my wife and i we just both started laughing and we started just looking at each other and we're like this is typical byu it feels like where you you have these games where you're scratching your head you're like how the heck did you play so poorly against this team and then you go out on the road and then you take down Kansas in in Kansas. And so I I agree with Ben that like the the gauntlet of Big 12 play has definitely helped with this team because it's like you can't think about or dwell on a loss too long because you have right. to gear right back up and you have to go and you have to play another tough team the next night. And so I think that's that's really helped and so there's something about this team where they don't get phased, it seems like. And so I think that they were just going into Kansas. They were nice and tranquilo, and I think they just did their thing. That, Multi- multilingual, wow. Tranquilo. That was my, that's actually my favorite thing about this BYU basketball team is that they're just like, oh, well. I mean, I know that's not actually what they're thinking. Sure. But who's ever helping them with their mental health during these games is needs a pay raise. The P squad. They're amazing. 
because they they need they need a race. Yeah, yeah. that's actually their name. Pope calls them really the, peace the Peace Squad. squad? There's four sports psychologists oh, no. that help out, and they're called peace the Peace Squad. squad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> true story. Uh, but you look at this, and and I think it's in this last seven day uh, in a seven day period, looking big picture, BYU at home beats the 11th ranked team in Baylor. They go out on the road against Kansas State, who they should have beat, right? And looked just not, not good, not yeah. good. I'll just say not good. And then you turn around and you beat number seven ranked Kansas. Like, think about this: when in the history of being a, a BYU fan or someone who covers or follows BYU basketball, did you envision seeing two top fifteen wins? In a seven-day period, usually that's a good season. Sure, it was a good week. Yeah, it was yeah, a great it was week. A week in the life of BYU basketball. No, absolutely. I think some impressive notes here. Of the twenty-five fouls called on BYU, the only player to foul out for BYU against Kansas was Dallin Hall, which happened on an essentially garbage time foul with eighteen seconds left. Dallin Hall had thirteen points in the final seven minutes in the most hostile environment in the sport, all with four fouls. I think the defense was incredible down the stretch. I think the defense, it, it's been so interesting to me. Defense was terrible against Oklahoma State. Then their defense is fantastic. Horrible defense against Kansas State. And then they come back against Kansas, and they just, they're they are dialed in. I don't know why there is such a discrepancy, but they, they do really well at adjusting. And uh, shout out to the coaches as well because that puts a lot of pressure on them. But what do you guys think? was the main thing that helped BYU pull out this win against a really good Kansas team. I'm going to use a word that Pope likes. The tenaciousness. Tenacious D. Tenacious, tenacious D. D. No, like, and, and the person who I think encapsulates this is Noah Waterman. Hmm. Here's a guy who, frankly, not great last year. Really kind of a non-factor in the BYU team last year. He went to work in the offseason. And he changed who he was. Now he's one of the better defenders out on the floor. Mm-hmm. He's not putting up huge offense. He's impressive offensive numbers, not huge. But coming down the stretch, every time Kansas missed a shot, Noah Waterman was there for the rebound yeah. or fighting for the rebound. And that wasn't just down the stretch. That's the way Noah's played all season long. And I think that, like, that to me encapsulates what this BYU team is about is – They've got some very good players. Like Jackson Robinson, Dallin Hall lately, they've been difference makers. But that hasn't been the whole season long. They've just had a good collection of players who are tenacious. And when that all clicks, yeah, what do you have against Kansas? Yeah, who are tenacious D. Brandon, what do you think? To go along with the uh, the one-word play here, my word is uh, another one of Pope's favorites. I think it was a team motto a while ago, but relentless. Mm. And uh, you couple that with, with tenacious – with tenacity, I guess you could say. And, <laughs> Tenaciousness. Uh, Tenaciousness is... Tenaci. Tenaci. But, uh, yeah, they, they just don't give up. They, they don't give up, and, and uh, you know, people can say... I think we might talk about this a little bit later on, about the style of offense. Uh, some people might say live by the three, die by the three. But even if they aren't making those threes, they don't stop. They're, they're mm-hmm. trying to find other ways. They're trying to do other things. And I think another key component last night, uh, we talked about this off-air with certain players... But uh, the free throws were a big factor. 19 of 24 in a hostile environment. Um, and just being able to be composed at the free throw line to be able to make those shots, those extra points and opportunities to make points, you know, helped keep BYU in the game. They don't panic when they get down. No. And I feel like that is such a key component to this team. They control the things that they can control. 
and they play their game and and they're I mean how many times do they talk about BYU's being an older team it, it I mean but it really it really helps them out it does they just have that mental toughness that that comes with that and it may they may not have the athleticism that some of these teams have but they definitely have a good dose of, of mental toughness to really help them. Deseret News' Jay Drew asked Kansas head coach Bill Self post-game if BYU's three heavy offense is sustainable in the Big 12, and this is what he said. Oh, no, 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 it's great style. It's NBA style. It won't be as good if you don't have guys that can shoot, you know, but as long as they keep recruiting guys that can shoot, you know, even though, you know, he didn't play a lot tonight, big fella, but he's as good a passer as there is in America. And I don't want to mispronounce the name, but Trey Orr, to me, was their most effective player, and he scored six points because he created more confusion off uh, ball screens and, and dumping in. Uh, they, they scored some threes when we went to help on him and stuff like that. So uh, I think his style is great. I think it's very sustainable. That, that's high praise coming from Bill Self. I think that's pretty cool. What do you guys think? That's a very classy answer from from Bill Self. Uh, you know, he had every opportunity to try and deflect or say something negative, but he, yeah, high praise because it, I think it is true. And we've talked about Ali Khalifa, and we've talked about Foose and and getting Foose healthy, and we're seeing what he's able to do. And uh, I think having Ali Khalifa back as well, I think they've both been able to learn from each other and to complement each other. And you can see the growth that they've both been able to have. And, and again, having those other role players, those key guys, making those shots coming off of screens and coming off of – uh, doing the dirty work down low, like like you said, Foos only had six points, but it's it's what he did that it doesn't show up in the box score that was most effective. Mm. One thing that does show up in the box score, they did five assists to Ali Khalifa's one. If you had that going into last night, you were a rich man. Yes, well, uh, it, not that you do that. If but, I were yeah. a rich man. But uh, anyways, <laughs> like like seriously, and this was something we talked about. Noah Waterman's change from last year, this year. Without Ali Khalifa, who has made big man passing cool in a yeah. BYU uniform, uh-huh. you don't see Foosh doing that where he's getting the ball deep, getting a double team, and hitting an open three-point guy out for a three-point shot. And he did that multiple times last night. Last year it was bang, 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 grind, dribble, dribble, yeah. dribble, yep. turn, usually make the bucket, but it was usually sometimes a tough shot. He's good at that. Mm-hmm. He's really he's – he's elite at that. Yeah. But last night, that's not what his go-to was. It was pound, 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 bring a double team, find the open shooter, get the three. Yep. Five assists. When's the last time Foose had five assists? I don't know the answer to that. I'm just throwing it out there. You can go look it up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been – I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Ali Khalifa made every guy that uh, is a dad shooting in their church gym look cool. I feel like that's what he's brought. He's brought it back. I love that guy. We asked the fans on X whether they believe this is the biggest regular season win in BYU hoops history. Here's what they said: the official X account for BYU said yes, so that might settle that. Bam Bam's Barbecue said close, but I still think it's Gonzaga. Yeah, I agree with. What Cam. do you think? You think it's Gonzaga? Yeah, I think I think we get trapped in recency bias. Yes. Yeah, and and so often our society is so fixated on what's happened in the last 24 hours that it's like, oh, it's the greatest of all time. Yeah, you got to take a step back and. And yeah, beating Gonzaga. I mean, I was, it was crazy because I woke up this morning and actually had one of those random like Facebook memory things pop up. And I was, I was a part of like a student crew that went up to document Tyler Hawes uh, when he broke Jimmer's record at Portland. And then we went out to, uh, to Spokane and we, and BYU took down Gonzaga for, you know, the first time in the kettle. And that happened uh, in 2015. 
on the 28th. So it was one day mm-hmm. later than yesterday. But, uh, yeah, you know, Gonzaga, when they they were ranked at that time number three, and then you have, you know, here in Provo when with the court storming and everything. And then, and then come on, like, are we forgetting Jimmer and, and Kawhi? Like yeah, that San battle? State. Like, yeah. at that time, like, that was huge. It was huge. I think people think. San Diego State was number six. Yeah. I, but I think people, uh, you know, they associate number seven with, with Kansas and with, in Fog Allen with this lore. But before I let you go, Ben, or give it to you, the, it's just crazy to me how, like, the gauntlet of, of the Big 12, where you look at Kansas, it seems like they're like the town bicycle. Like, everybody's taking a ride. you got Marquette that beats them. You've got, uh, you got UCF that beats them, West Virginia, Iowa State. Kansas State, Texas Tech, and then BYU, and they're still numbers. They were still yeah, number seven. Yeah, they're still ranked really high. Yeah, should they be there? I guess that's but, an argument. Well, as well, as well, it's the season of college basketball. Yeah, I think there's only two teams that have two two losses. That's the low point in college basketball. It's just it's a weird year in college basketball where there's not that undefeated dominant team. I agree. It's it's the Zags. That was just a. Uh, yeah, the oh no, the <laughs> they had the print papers printed, and it's like the oh no, ah. that was that was it. <laughs> but but like in a moment, but in a, like this, like it was interesting to watch kind of the national response to this last night. Yeah, not I, BYU fans were ecstatic, but the national response was there as well. As far as a late season win, it wasn't a big, huge, but the fact that you won. At the fog, where Kansas may be struggling, but they still don't lose at home very often. Right. Yeah. Um, now, I, I'd put that play, that maybe a little bit above the kennel, because it's just it's a different thing. It's a bigger gym. Sure. There's there's some something goes into that. I still think the win at the kennel is number one, but I think this is a close two. And another another point for me, uh, Lauren is. I feel like BYU doesn't get the Big 12 invite. Maybe maybe they do, but like it's because of those other wins in the past too that have helped with the BYU brand as a mm. whole that puts BYU in this in this opportunity. You're opinion. saying that huge win against San Diego State and Gonzaga is yeah, what the, really helped push them forward into the Big 12. Yeah, along with other sports obviously for sure, but like, you know, when you can take a look and you can see those big wins in the past from this BYU basketball uh, team and brand, I feel like that definitely helps, you know, elevate yeah. things to, to get to where we are today. Darnell Dixon said, one, the only one that comes close is beating Gonzaga in Spokane when the Zags were ranked number one, but I think Kansas is bigger because of the aura around their program at Allen Fieldhouse. Chip Orman on X said, Zags were 29-0 and had printed 30-0 in the local paper. That was awesome. Wow. If not for just for which, that which alone. Which changed to 29-0, and oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, that was a big one. Harris Clan 21 on X said, it's this game and it's not even close. Gonzaga is a great team, but they don't have near the history and pedigree Kansas does. And for BYU to go into their house where Kansas doesn't lose and do that goat regular season game for sure. I think there, there truly is something to that. You have to put in, you have to consider that this is BYU's first year in the big 12 and they go in and, and they're the only team to beat them home. Like that, that is that's huge, right? That's huge. So I, I don't know. It's hard for me. I'm kind of split. I think beating the number one team is huge, but that was like old news. BYU would beat the Zags a bunch of times, you know. Especially oh, when you they, young whippersnappers right? don't appreciate history. Just, I do, I do, I truly do. But I think I, I do have some recency bias. I think that Kansas win was just so much fun. I think because it was unexpected. I think after losing at Kansas State, you're like, okay, you just take it out of your brain. They're probably going to lose at Kansas, but then. 
like Jonathan Tavernari says, they're going to do the most BYU thing ever and go into Kansas <laughs> and beat Kansas. And they did it. It's been crazy. Uh, following their win at Allen Fieldhouse, the Cougars are 20-8, and 8-7 and seven in conference with wins over San Diego State, Iowa State, Baylor, and at Kansas. BYU now has four top 20 wins and two top 10 wins. The Cougars are most likely a lock-in for the big dance now, which means it will be BYU's first NCAA tournament appearance since they were a sixth seed in 2021. And according to some metrics, the Cougars are currently protected as a five seed following the victory. So be honest, did you guys think BYU would be in the NCAA tournament this season? No, absolutely yeah. not. I'd, Same. Yeah, absolutely no. not. 100% no. And interesting numbers, you pointed them out there. Uh, but I want to go a step further. You said it earlier on. There's the consternation of, well, the unranked team, BYU does this. Why'd they drop out of the top 25? Because it's an arbitrary poll voted on by rioters who don't yeah. really watch every game. But people put a lot of stock into it when they shouldn't. So, like, <laughs> like relax, fans. You're going to be back there next Monday. I promise. No matter what happens on Saturday against TCU, BYU will be back in the top 25 based on this win. So, so oh, take a deep breath. But those numbers don't matter. It's the... 10th in the net as of this morning. It's 15 in Ken Palm today. Even maybe more important than that is you're five and six in quad one games. Mm. Like that's you you were lucky to get one or two quad one wins oh, a yeah. season in the WCC. You're four and two in quad two games. And frankly, the in the most non BYU thing ever, you're nine and zero in quad three and four games. <laughs> there's not a Pacific, there's not a Portland, there's not a Pepperdine loss there. That is the stat that matters. Nine and zero in quad. You, when you're supposed to win, you win. Stat oh, yeah. of the day, stat of the day. <laughs> love it. Here comes that stat of the day. Sponsored by nobody. <laughs> Coming up, how can BYU protect its home court against a good TCU team? And we'll play buy or sell. This is Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean here today with Ben Bagley and Brandon Crow. BYU takes on TCU in the Marriott Center Saturday with both teams hovering in the fifth and sixth spots in the conference. TCU is coming off a home loss against Baylor on Monday night. Both teams have high-flying offenses, both average in the top 20 in the country in points per game. TCU's Emmanuel Miller leads the team in scoring with 15.9 points per game, and the Horn Frogs have already secured themselves a spot in the NCAA tournament. So, guys, are we worried about a letdown spot for the Cougars Saturday night at home against TCU. Ben, what do you think? If it was a road game, yes, home. I think that if nothing else, this fan base will, like, there's there's the Marriott Center on a normal night, which is raucous and loud. The Marriott Center coming off a win at Kansas. I oh, think this yeah. is going to be, I, it will be hard for BYU not to, the, the concern is not a letdown. It's more of a, are we overhyped? Are we too hyped? Like, is is everything going to be – all our shots going to be bricks off the backboard because there's just so much juice going? The nice thing – the one thing that I've really – and Coach Pope said this multiple times during the season, and I really like this philosophy, is the goal is to go into each game fresh. Mm-hmm. That there's got to be enough rest, even if it's just a one day, to where – the last game's wiped from your memory. Mm-hmm. Everybody feels fresh. Everybody, and it, it's really helped BYU this season. And I think that's key coming off of a big win like this to avoid that letdown is to have that we're coming in fresh mentality into Saturday's game at home. Yeah. Brandon, what do you think? I think the P squad is going to earn their paycheck over the next <laughs> couple of days because, uh, yeah, I, I agree with Ben. This is a very easy 
opportunity for BYU to come in and to be overhyped and over overjuiced. And uh, you know, I heard a lot of people who were at that Baylor game a couple weeks ago, and they said that they hadn't heard the Marriott Center that loud in who knows how long. And and if BYU comes Since out, since Jimmer played San Diego State in the Marriott Center, probably. probably. But uh, yeah, I I assume that uh, that place is going to be rocking on Saturday. And if BYU can keep it under control and uh, play the style of the game that they play at home, I think you know it could be it could be a crazy one. What do you think is going to be the most important thing that you want to see from BYU down the last stretch of the season in these last few games? Could be help the defense hitting those three-point shots. What do you think is going to be the key to to notching those wins in these last few games, Brandon? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, again, I'm just going to piggyback on, on what I've said. I, I just feel like they they know what they need to do. They've shown that they can execute what they need to do as far as having guys like Foo step up and instead of playing his, his pounding game in, in the post, he, he kicks it out for yeah. three. Finding the open shot, finding the better look, finding the more efficient way to execute, I think is, is what's going to – is going to be the make or break for BYU going down the stretch. That was one of my favorite plays was when Jackson Robinson had a beautiful dish to Foose underneath, and then Foose just dishes it right back out. Jackson Robinson nails that three. It was a thing of beauty. What do you think BYU needs to do, Ben? Uh, I think this is interesting. I think you're right. BYU is a lock for the tournament. I mean, at this point, you're just uh, what seed line are you going to be on? So winning games, I don't know how important it is, really. Like, obviously, I say this from – not a fan standpoint because, oh, I've got to win every game. Yes, you want to win every game. But big picture, what you want to do is, I think, just get A, get everybody healthy. I think that's important. I mean, I, Ali Khalifa, I think you see his minutes come down a little bit yeah. and get that knee as healthy as possible. It's not going to be healthy, but get it as healthy as you possibly can. But I think the second part is, is seeing that growth in Dallin Hall and seeing Jackson Robinson be a little more assertive and willing to take that mantle of, hey, this is my team, I'm the guy, I'm gonna, I am him, I'm going to get it done. Yeah. Seeing those two to continue to step into that, hey, follow us. We will take BYU as far as we can. Because we've seen that in the last two weeks really be obvious that they're, take, they're stepping into that role continue to just solidify themselves in that role and be comfortable in that role going into the play going into the NCAA tournament and now we're talking. Yeah. I think solidifying their confidence. I mean they they have a lot of confidence right now obviously, but I mean they've kind of been up down up down up down. <clears throat> I think these last few games can be huge for solidifying their confidence heading into the Big 12 tournament and then to the NCAA tournament and I love that you mentioned Dallin Hall. It's been so fun to see his growth throughout the season. Fans were brutal on that guy. When the season started. Well, I'll say this. like, Fans can be brutal, but some of the criticism, criticism yeah. is justified. Like, That's part of it. Yeah. Like, Down Hall struggles at the free throw line. Not a secret. Down Hall struggled a little bit with breaking the fast, the, the, the full court press. Struggled with it. That's not meaning he's a bad player. This yeah. is just observations. He's grown into a role and he's taking a new role in leadership on this team as a sophomore that I saw early in the season then I saw it go away and now he's reasserted himself into that role which I think is really important yeah. come Big 12 and NCAA tournament time because you need that to still term that's been used throughout time for basketball you need that floor general Yep. And downhaul can he's got that attitude, he can be that. My my last thought is just to put an exclamation point on what Ben said. Uh if you look at the first 
beginning part of the season and somebody were to ask you who's the leader on this team, I don't think anybody could really pinpoint anybody. Right. But now that you have guys stepping up, like that is what's most important because when when stuff you know hits the fan, you just take a look at, at, at those guys and they're the ones that are going to say, okay, we got this, guys. We've been here before. And, uh, and before, earlier in the season, they didn't have that. I agree with that. I think defense is going to be key. I have to give these guys credit for – Blocking out the noise. Every coach tells their team to do that. Block out the noise. Don't look at social media. I think this team has truly taken that to heart. Beginning of the season, they were the only one. That locker room was the only – they were the only people that believed that this team could do what they've done throughout the season. The fans didn't believe it. The media didn't believe it. Nobody did. But they did, and mm-hmm. they proved it. And same with Dallin Hall. I love that they've been able to block that out and prove everybody wrong. All right, guys, let's play some buy or sell. The first one is, if BYU did not win another game this season, is it still a successful season? I already know your answer, Ben. Buy Buy. or sell? Buy. Brandon? 100%. Buy. It's incredible. I mean, No explanation needed. Yeah. yeah. Bye. It's like you said. They could sit a bunch of people to get them healthy and lose every game. They're going to be in the tournament. Okay. Next one, BYU versus Kansas rivalry will become the new BYU-Gonzaga. Are you going to buy or sell, Ben? I'm going to sell that. I There's not the history there yet. Yeah. Will it eventually? It's going to take a couple more wins at Fog Allen and Kansas coming in and embarrassing BYU at the Marriott Center a couple of times. For, <laughs> or or just a competitive win streak here or close games. That's what builds a rivalry. It's hard to build, build a rivalry with a, with a team that's, what, four states to the east? Yeah. <laughs> like Geography plays some role in that, so – yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, BYU hasn't established itself as the top of the Big Twelve Conference yet to be able to say that that's going to be a new rivalry. Yeah. Last night, or excuse me, Thursday, uh, whatever Tuesday day, night. Tuesday night's uh, victory in Kansas was was BYU's first victory over Kansas since 1960. And if you take a look at they're those, like, no, it's a rivalry. Yeah, exactly. So how can that be a rivalry? No. Even I wasn't alive then. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I'm going to sell it because I feel like there's a bunch of juggernauts in the Big 12. Like, it's not – Kansas is definitely at the top, but Houston is incredible. Baylor's so good. So you can't necessarily just say they're going to be the Gonzaga the, of the Big 12. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of really good teams. All right, the next one, Dallin Hall is BYU's most important player right now. Brandon, are you buying or selling? I'm. You know what? It's very close. And we had the same exact question a couple weeks ago when I was on there. Uh, we were talked about, uh, you know, Foose. We talked about um, Ali Khalifa. And I think Dallin Hall's stock is completely improved. But I think I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell this. And I think that, that uh, you know, Jackson Robinson, Foose, uh, a healthy Ali Khalifa, as healthy as he can be, I feel like those guys, what they're able to do, allows guys like Dallin Hall to be able to do what he does. Mm. What do you think, man? I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Because I think Jackson is Jackson. He's the best player on the team. I think Ali is – He's gonna, he's gonna, he's a stir right there at the top of the key. I think I, I love Noah, I love Richie, I love all these guys. But if this team's going to make a run in the tournament, they in either tournament, which the first tournament's gonna be tougher than the second tournament. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah. The, the Big Twelve tournament's gonna be tougher than the NCAA <laughs> oh, yeah. tournament. That that said, they need what I said. They need that floor general. Mm-hmm. They need a guy who, no matter what's going on on the floor, he's the cool head. He's the director. I BYU fans can relate. People who lived in Utah, they need that John Stockton type guy. And mm-hmm. I'm not just saying a white point guard. I'm just saying a guy who's no matter what's going on around him, he's got a calm head and he's going to be able to control the controllables out on the floor. Mm. 
search a guy that can hit threes against Kansas. Did you see that? Dude, that, that was really dude, funny. Dude, the walk-up three at the end, like that sealed it. There's still like a minute and a half oh, where he just walked up awesome. top the key and hit the three. I was like, he let go. I go, that's in. And it went in. I was like, yep, game. Yep. I'm buying it. I You see a difference in the team when Dallin Hall's on the floor and when he's not. You can completely see a difference. So I think right now he's the most important guy on the team. All right, the next one is Mark Pope is the coach for BYU next season. After the season, Pope is going to get a lot of interest from other schools, potentially offered big payday elsewhere. Are we worried about him leaving? Will he be the coach next year? Ben, are you buying or selling? Uh, I saw a tweet right after the game last night from a BYU fan who I'm not going to call him out. It's like, it's like, oh, he's gone. Like, 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 oh, hadn't yeah. even celebrated. Like, the buzzer had just gotten all of a sudden. It's like, oh, how are you going to keep Mark Pope now? And I was like, <laughs> enjoy the win, man. Yeah. Like, enjoy this run that you're on. Is BYU that bad? I, I don't know what the offseason brings. I will say this. I am buying that. I think Mark Pope wants to coach on the biggest stage possible. Doesn't yeah. get much bigger than the Big 12. Especially the top right half, now. The top half of the Big 12 competing for a possible championship in the years to come because I think this team could be better next year. So And they're competing like, for a championship this year. Yeah. Like, it is plausible. It's just incredible. What do you think, Brandon? What was the exact question? <laughs> is Mark Pope going to be BYU's coach next year? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to buy that as well. And, and uh, you know, Pope, he's, he's a very, very smart guy, and he's very calculated – and you have to take a look at like what else would be out there, and and to Ben's credit, like what how much better of an opportunity would you get? Like the only thing I could see is is maybe if something happened in Kentucky, just because that's where he yeah. went to school, right? But you know, even then, like why would you leave the Big Twelve right now to go back to your alma mater when they're not in or they're in a quote unquote lesser basketball conference? Yeah, I don't money, see money, it. money, 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 eh. but maybe not. I love Mark Pope. And to end the show, we are going to do a good news minute brought to you by the Fourth Ward Relief Society. I'm just kidding. Mark Pope isn't <laughs> shy about talking about the gospel in his interviews. In fact, he said this in his postgame presser Tuesday night after beating Kansas. All the guys kind of felt like, hey, you know, since we're getting back early, let's go home. And these Sundays are pretty special to us. You know, we're, we're the team in the league that it ends up being a one-day prep every Tuesday. And I'm believing more and more that our prep on Sunday is probably more important than our prep on Monday. And I just think that that's probably true. And, and um, again, it doesn't guarantee wins or losses, but I'm just a believer in that. And, and uh, so it, it was it was the right call for our guys. And, and we're fortunate that, that we kind of have these guidelines to follow. Amen to that, Coach Pope. Anything you guys want to add? No, I just I think it's it's great um, for Coach Pope to to acknowledge that, and I think it, it's really cool. It's refreshing to to be able to hear all, all yeah. you know people talk like that. I've been very blessed with the opportunity to go out to a lot of these different schools uh, with with my crew doing the big stories, and uh, and I I can't tell you how many times I have heard from multiple schools and multiple coaches of other sports in this conference that they said that they are excited to have BYU in this conference because that means that they will be playing less games on Sunday mm. so that they can be able to spend time with their families and be able to go to church. I'm not making that up. That's cool. Uh, and so that it is a thing. And, and if you are a believer, which people know that we are here at BYU, 
uh, you know, you you get a lot of energy. You get a lot of re, um, re, you, you get refreshed and renewed because of, of what you choose to do on on your quote unquote Sabbath day for us. And we believe that's Sunday. And for BYU and Coach Pope to say that they're honoring that, you know, that's not to say that that equals their success. No, but it's just because of of what, uh, you know, I feel like it's great to hear Coach Pope say that. Yeah. I think uh, just just easiest way to sum this up. John Rothstein has all these shirts that he sells on different programs. Keeping the stuff. faith. There's the Mark Pope keeping the faith shirt. Um, I th- it w- to be able to have that where you're not that's not a handicap. You're not looking at Sunday not off as a handicap, but right. as, a, as a blessing. Yeah. And then being able to see the rewards in following that faith and having faith in that that principle is awesome. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's not scared to talk about it is great. Yep. I love that guy. Thanks, guys. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Ben Bagley and Brandon Crowe for coming on the show with me. Carter Bond and Tori Kimball helped produce this episode with senior producer Cleon Wall. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio. <laughs>